today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. See, when we seek the Lord, He will give us direction. And with His direction comes what? His will. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 33. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Every morning you wake up, you have a new day in front of you. And you can either do what your flesh wants to do, or you can seek the Lord and do what He wants you to do. If you want to do God's will in your life, then I tell you, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We will begin to study the book of Judges with Pastor Eric today. Judges is known as the book of failures. There's a lot that we can learn from this book. Hopefully, we will learn from other people's mistakes and grow closer to God because of what we will see in the nation of Israel as they take steps further and further away from God. Let's join Pastor Eric in the book of Judges, chapter 1, verse 1, for today's study. If you would, open your Bibles to Judges, chapter 1. Obedience goes far in a far way, doesn't it? Being obedient goes far. And Israel was obedient to the Lord. In fact, we know that Israel was obedient to the Lord because it tells us in the Bible that they were. If you would look up on the screen on Joshua 24, verse 31, it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Well, that's pretty awesome, I think, to see a nation serve and be obedient to the Lord all those many years. And if you recall, Joshua died when he was 110 years old. That's a long time. And see, the nation of Israel was being faithful and obedient to the Lord. But now as we get into the book of Judges, now we're entering a 400-year time period when Israel will not be, repeat, not be obedient to God. So we're going to be studying through the book of Judges, or as as it has been referred to, the book of failures. The book of failures. The verse that can summarize the whole book of Judges would be found in Judges chapter 21, verse 25. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And here's the reality, we see that yet today. Many of us in this world do what is right in our own eyes. The word judges means ruler. It means deliverer or even savior, okay? And in this 400 period time period, God would raise up different military champions to help throw off the yoke that was holding Israel in bondage. He would raise these men up and he would, these people, and just take that yoke off of Israel, from, uh, the yoke from the children of Israel. See, the Lord wanted to break that bondage. He doesn't want his children to be in bondage. And so he sends deliverers to take that yoke off. And so he would break the bondage that was upon Israel, and he would restore them to have a pure heart, to have a heart of worship. But as we see in the months to come, you guys, Israel would all too soon do what? Revert back to sin. They would revert back to sin. And the sin would lead the nation to grow colder and colder and take them farther and farther away from the Lord. And so tonight in chapter 1, as we see Israel 
gets out to a great start. They get out to a wonderful start in obeying the Lord. But as, as our time through chapter 1 goes, we will see, though, the fall into disobedience. The fall into disobedience. And this is so true in our lives. We can start out great, can't we? We can be passionate. We can be serving the Lord. But then we can easily slip into disobedience and do what is right in our own eyes. So let's start our journey in the book of Judges. We're going to read verses 1 through 21 and then go back through it. Now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be first to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. So Judah said to Simeon, his brother, Come up with me to my allotted territory, that we might fight against the Canaanites. And I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him. Verse 4. Then Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. And they found Adonai Bezek and in Bezek and fought against him. And they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Verse 6. Then Adonai Bezek fled, and they pursued him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. And Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, used to gather scraps under my table, as I have done. So God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. Verse 8. Now the children of Judah fought against Jerusalem and took it. They struck it with the edge of the sword, and they set the city on fire. And afterward, the children of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountains in the south and in the lowland. Then Judah went against the Canaanites who dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kajarth Arba. And they killed Shesha, Ahman, and Talamai. From there they went against the inhabitants of Debur. The name of Debur was formerly Kajoth Sarfa. Verse 12. Then Caleb said, Whoever attacks Kirjoth Sarfa and takes it, to him I will give my daughter Aksha as, as wife. And Athenio, the son of Kenaz, Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So he gave him his daughter Aksha as a wife. Verse 14, now it happened when she came to him that she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, what do you wish? And she said to him, give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land in the south, give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Verse 16, now the children of Moses' father-in-law went up from the city of palms uh, with the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the south near Arad. And they went and dwelt among the people. Verse 17, and Judah went with his brother Simeon, and they attacked the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and utterly destroyed it. So the name of the city was called Hormah. Verse 18, also Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Elkron with its territory. 
verse 19. So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the low land, because they had chariots of iron. And they gave Hebron to Caleb, as Moses had said, that he expelled from there the three sons of Anak. Verse 21. But the children of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who inhabited Jerusalem. So the Jebusites dwell with the children of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. So here in these first 21 verses, Israel started out great. They started out wonderful. We know that Joshua is dead. Well, how do we know? Because it says in verse 1, now after the death of Joshua, Joshua is no longer. And so the children of Israel ask a, a pretty good question. Who's going first to take the rest of this land? But who are they asking, you guys? They were asking the Lord. They were seeking the Lord, seeking for his direction. And the Lord says, Judah will go first. But as the Lord had uh, told them from times before, I will deliver the enemy into your hand. That's pretty awesome to know that God is on your side. And what an awesome thing for the children of Israel. Here their, their leader Joshua is dead for many years. Instead of going on what they wanted to do, they instantly they went and sought the Lord. What an example for you and I to do in our lives. When all else fails, go to the Lord. Go to the Lord before all things fail. Seek the Lord for his direction. And even though we are hearing things over and over, things that we know are true, like seek the Lord in everything you do, and he will direct your paths, right? We hear that all the time. Don't turn off your hearing. Don't turn your hearing off because we need to be reminded of these things. Because why do we need to be reminded of these things? Because it is so easy to go back to the flesh. Every day we battle with the flesh. So hearing the words, seek the Lord in everything you do and he will direct your paths, don't turn off your ears tonight. Don't turn off your listening. Because here, as we see, if we seek the Lord, just as the children of Israel did, he will give us direction. And I don't know about you guys, but I need direction in my life. I need to know what to do. And the only one that is truth and who gives me the guidance of true things is God. I need to seek him in everything that I do. See, when we seek the Lord, he will give us direction. And with his direction comes what? His will. Jesus said this in Matthew 6.33. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. Every morning you wake up. You have a new day in front of you. And you can either do what your flesh wants to do, or you can seek the Lord and do what he wants you to do. If you want to do God's will in your life, then I tell you, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You want to do God's will? Hello? <laughs> then seek ye first the kingdom of God. Spending time seeking the Lord Seeking the Lord and seeking out what he wants, it's a get-to. You don't have to, but it's a get-to. You get to seek the Lord. That's pretty awesome. Praise God, because Jesus dying on the cross, he tore the veil in two so that we could have that communication with the Lord. Praise Jesus. So Judah goes and fights against the Canaanites. 
And then we see in verse 4 that they killed 10,000 men. That's a lot of men. And then they capture the king of Bezek. And then they cut off his thumbs and big toes. That's brutal, but smart. You can't run well without big toes. And you can't hold the sword all that well without thumbs. It's pretty brilliant. So after this, though, we see Judah taking the city of Jerusalem. Even though, you guys, it says that they captured and took the city of Jerusalem, they did not occupy it, okay? The occupation of Jerusalem didn't come until King David came in and took Jerusalem. After Jerusalem came Hebron, then Debir. Uh, Once again, we hear the story of Caleb, right? The story of him saying to his family, whoever can take the city of Debir, I will give my daughter to them as a wife. We learn that back in Joshua. And his nephew, Othiniel, had the courage to go do it. Must have ran in the family, right? Because remember, Caleb was one of the spies who spied out the land originally for Moses. So Athenio goes and he gets the land and he gets Caleb's daughter for his wife. Judah was following the Lord's commandment and the Lord was with them. But verse 19 tells us something, though, that's very interesting. It says, so the Lord was with Judah and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland. Why? Because they had chariots of iron. I don't get this. Because God is so much greater than any chariots of iron. But Judah was conquering the people of the land. Again, they took the 10,000 people. So why did they stop in the south land? Because of fear. They were fearful. And you know what? We too have great wins with the Lord, don't we? Great wins when the Lord does amazing things in our lives. It's the Lord, man. He did this. Can you believe God moved in such a way? He's so powerful. But then the next thing that comes our way, we're fearful. Why? I don't get that. Because I do it too. Why do we get so fearful? But it seems it never fails when we stop trusting in the Lord. That's when fear comes in. Why do we do this? Because... I believe it goes back to seeking the Lord. If we, for any moment, take our eyes off of Jesus and off the Lord, what creeps back in? The the flesh, the fleshly ways. And when flesh comes in, understand this, church, when flesh comes back in, fear comes back in. Worry, anxiety. Look at Peter, right? He was walking on water. His eyes were focused on Jesus. But when he was focused on his surroundings, what happened? He started to sink, right? The same thing happens to us when we start fearing and taking our eyes off of the Lord. But understand this, though, that God did not give you a spirit of fear. As Paul wrote to Timothy, he said this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Fear is not of the Lord. It's not of the Lord. Because he did not give you a spirit of fear. Every day we must remember this, because if we don't remember this, we can easily fall back into our flesh that can start worrying about the worries of this life. May we not fall back into those fears. Because if we start fearing, then we're going to be like the children of Israel, and we're going to be left with our enemies around us. Because they were afraid. They were afraid. Guys, we need to trust in the plans that God has for us. 
And remember that he loves you and he cares for you and he cherishes you and he has great thoughts towards you each day. Remember that when you wake up, when this life is too hard to swallow, when it's just like, I don't want to get out of bed. Have you ever been there? I don't want to get out of bed because I don't want to face this world. Know that God has high thoughts of you and he cares for you. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's a reason to get out of bed, to live your life, because the God of this universe, of this, he cares for you so much so that he has thoughts of peace and a hope for you, not of evil. Wow, God's not out to get me? I can get up out of bed today and serve and seek his will. Seeking the, the Lord daily, trust in his ways and not your ways. God continued to say in Jeremiah verses 12 through 13, he says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Wow, God will listen to you? Yes, he will. And you will seek me and find me, and when you search for me with all your heart. How will you find God? By searching for him with all of your heart. And guess what? If you do so, what is God promising you? You will find me. You will find me. Those are comforting words. So we see that Israel started out great. But then there was a hint of disobedience in verse 19. Continue on, verse 22. And the house of Joseph also went up against Bethel. And the Lord was with them. So the house of Joseph sent men to spy out Bethel. The name of the city was formerly Luz. And when the spies saw a man coming out of the city, they said to him, Please show us the entrance to the city, and we will show you mercy. So he showed them the entrance to the city, and they struck the city with the edge of the sword, but they let the man and all his family go. And when the man went to the land of the Hittites, built a city, and called its name Luz, which is its name to this day. Here we see the tribe of Joseph going and driving out the, the, uh, the people of the land in Bethel. And they were pretty sly about it, man. They, they saw a guy coming out. They said, hey, show us where the entrance is and we'll spare your life. I think I'd listen too. The entrance is right here. And they spared his life. Now comes the start of disobedience for the rest of the children of Israel. Verse 27 through 36, it says, However, however, uh, however, Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Sheen and its villages, or Tanak and its villages, or in the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Eblam and its villages, or the inhabitants of Midigo and in its villages, for the Canaanites were determined to dwell in the land. And it came to pass when Israel was strong. Did they drive them out? Let's keep reading. That they put the Canaanites under tribute, but did not completely drive them out. Verse 29. Nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites who dwelt in Gezer. So the Canaanites dwelt in Gezer among them. Nor did Zebulun drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahal. So the Canaanites dwelt among them and were put under tribute. Nor did Asher drive out the inhabitants of Acho or the inhabitants of Sidon, or Elab, Aksib, and Aba, Aphik, or Rehob. So the Asherites dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the, the land, for they did not drive them out. 
Verse 33, nor did Naphtali drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh or the inhabitants of Beth Anath, uh, but they dwelt among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath were put under tribute to them. Verse 34, and the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountains. And they would not allow them to come to dwell to, or come down to the valley. Verse 35, and the Amorites were determined to dwell in the Mount, in Mount Ares, in Agilon, in the Sheblum. Yet when the strength of the house of Joseph became greater, they were put under what? Tribute. Now the boundary of the Amorites were, were from the accent of Akram from Selah and upward. What in the world? I think and I know that God was perfectly clear in his directions to the children of Israel. Going into the promised land. He didn't say, go and put the people into tribute, which means what? Make them forced laborers. God did not say that, did he? In fact, I'll tell you what God said. He said this in Numbers chapter 33, verse 52, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land before you. Destroy all their engraved stones, destroy all their molded images, and demolish all their high places. Then you should go and put them in tribute. No, it doesn't say that. He said, get rid of them. Get rid of them out of the land. But here the children of Israel, after being obedient to Joshua for so many years, become disobedient. Joshua's not here, so I can do my own thing. No, that's not right. Israel was disobedient to the Lord. And next week, Lord willing, as we get into chapter 2, we will see the Lord himself confront the children of Israel. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Your disobedience is a big deal, and the Lord will confront that issue. See, obedience in the Lord, you guys, is an ongoing thing. It doesn't stop when you say, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. Okay, let me do whatever I want. It doesn't work that way. Obedience to him. By saying that he is your Lord and master, you are surrendering your life and your fleshly desires, and you're saying, I'm yours. And whatever you want, Lord, I'm going to do it. This is hardcore commitment. This is a hardcore commitment. Because your flesh wants to do so many things. The other night, uh, Tuesday night, I was talking to a young kid out at the college, and I said, do you know what it means to repent? He goes, no, what does that mean? It means to stop trusting in the things that you want to do to earn salvation and start putting in the, your trust and faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. You must deny yourself. Wow, that's hard. You're right, it's hard. What about going to parties and doing stuff? Jesus said, don't do it. If it's a sin, if it's displeasing to him, deny yourself. Guys, this is hard, but this is what we do when we are following the Lord. We must be obedient to him no matter what it is. Who are we to argue with God? You wake up, you seek the Lord. You start your morning out great. You're obeying him. Yes, I read my Bible this morning. I'm good to go. I sought the Lord. Pastor Eric will continue teaching through the book of Judges the next time you join us. As you've been listening today, perhaps some questions have come to mind. 
If so, we'd like to help. Just email your questions, comments, or prayer requests to info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. We'll be sure to prayerfully respond because it's our desire to help you on your journey as you're seeking to walk with Jesus. You can also post your comments or questions to our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Grace to the Hearers Radio and join the conversation. If you can't find a church near you that's teaching through the Bible verse by verse, please let us know. We may be able to help you connect with a Bible study in your area and we'll certainly add you and your community to our prayer list as it's our desire to see God's Word being simply and systematically taught in every community. Again, you can contact us by email at info at gracetothehearers.com or give us a call at 520-723-7047. That's 520-720-7047. And please don't worry if you haven't been able to write this information down. All this information and more is available at our website, gracetothehearers.com. That's gracetothehearers.com. Log on to get to know us better. Join us next time as Pastor Eric continues to proclaim grace to the hearers from the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.